welcome to Reimagine Hybrid Work, a Data for Betterment Foundation podcast. I'm your host, Maribel Lopez. I'm the founder of Lopez Research and the nonprofit, the Data for Betterment Foundation. The foundation's mission is to help individuals and companies prepare for the future of work by understanding how technology will change business and careers. If you like this episode, please visit reimaginehybridwork.com for links to follow the show on your favorite app and subscribe to our weekly newsletter for additional show content and articles. You can also find me on LinkedIn and Twitter at Maribel Lopez and my blog on lopezresearch.com. I hope you'll enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Maribel Lopez and as always I'm excited to have uh, technology leaders come talk about what is happening in the space around changes in the workplace and today I'm joined with Chris Balsic. He is currently the Vice President and Head of Mobile B2B at Samsung Electronics America Uh, Prior to his role, he led federal government sales for Samsung's mobile B2B vision. Prior to that, he assisted public and private sector sector clients, including the FAA, uh, DNI, DOD, on complex operation design, program management, business case analysis, a lot of great and interesting things and a really wide range of types of businesses when you think of everything from government entities to the private sector. So Chris, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. And as always, we're excited to be here and talk about changes in mobile. You know, we've been talking about mobile technology for a long time. It's not new for organizations, but we've certainly seen changes in the past several years specifically. And from your perspective, what have been some of the most significant advances we've seen in enterprise mobile technology over the you know, past one or two years? That's a good question. Uh, I was actually reflecting on the intro there. It's like some of those things are so long ago. It's like dating myself. <laughs> there, but, um, advances in tech. Uh, I think enterprises are, are, are even more so post-pandemic embracing the digital transformation uh, at a greater level, leading to uh, significant changes in the way work is actually getting done. Uh, The mobile technology plays a critical role um, in really starting to drive and accelerate the the digital transformation strategies that a lot of these companies and, and government agencies have kind of had for many, many years. But I think this pandemic is is really driving acceleration. Um, some of those advancements really fall into, for me right now, two categories, uh, two mobile technology categories. One is zero trust, and the other one is is foldable smartphones. Um, and you're seeing a lot of the foldables. Certainly, if you're if you're if you get a chance to watch TV, you're seeing the commercials uh, bounce all over. Uh, zero trust. Um, is something that is really almost mainstream now. It's almost table stakes as we talk about it. You know, security is one of the things that I think really separates uh, Samsung from a lot of our competitors. And it's a top priority for most IT professionals today. Um, And it's even become much more critical post-pandemic with a lot of the employees working remotely. Uh, Many are accessing company, sometimes sensitive company information from their mobile endpoints or mobile devices. 
uh, on a range of secured and unsecured networks, whether you're working in your home office with a VPN or from the Starbucks, uh, which uh, really expands the digital footprint and the potential for risk for, for any and all enterprises. So in which case means you got to deal with a lot of the untrusted and possibly malicious players and networks that are out there driving um, how we actually work, um, which really drives us to actually trust nothing, right? Um, the traditional answers, uh, especially around unsecured networks, is to build and, and work through that VPN tunnel and, and try to encrypt every bit of traffic, you know, entering and leaving the device, even through basic internet traffic. And that's that's hard to do. That that creates a lot of lot of extra work and cycles. So the alternative is to really get into a zero trust framework. Uh, which removes that implicit trust typically afforded, you know, uh, an office or a corporate network. Uh, you can opt out, of course, um, to build that elaborate VPN network and infrastructure takes a significant amount of time, dollars, and people behind it. So the whole premise behind Zero Trust is that security framework requiring all users, whether you're inside or outside the network, to always be authenticated, always be authorized, and continuously validate uh, relative to the security configuration and postures that are actually being deployed. So to make sure that you can maintain access and you've got a high degree of confidence. So the security enforcement, the systems, the check down uh, are really critical. And it really helps that we have some, some strong partners in the MDM or the EMM space uh, to help us divine and drive those controls, the tools, that are that are necessary to make sure that we got positive attestation. So that's the first one. Um, foldables, uh, you know, Samsung, and I think I'm really proud to say this is is pioneered the foldable smartphone. You know, brought back you know what was old is now new. Think about the clamshells of years gone by, but they're quickly becoming mainstream on the consumer side. Um, but we're starting to see some of the adaptation on the business side as well. Um, and growing significantly. Um, we've seen the, the, the number of the Galaxy Z Fold and the Z Flip smartphones sold uh, for enterprise almost double year over year over the last two or three years. And if my memory serves me, January, October this year, the number of our smartphones sold in the enterprise increased by about 105% compared to year over year 2021. Um, so it's just not the enterprises that are turning into those foldables, but a recent study conducted um, that actually four out of our five small business uh, players, 79% plan to invest in the foldable world in the next couple of years. So we're, we're seeing the uniqueness, the credibility of the foldables really take hold. Um, and, and I think uh, from a the form factor, you know, especially with the flip and, and the pocket-friendly dimensions, uh, it the thing that I like most about it, it, it offers a large, expansive screen as soon as you open up. Um, this is one of my favorites. You know, whether I'm on the airplane or I'm sitting in a hotel, I can open the phone and get that tablet-like experience to easily read. And actually, you know, with a stylus, with an S Pen, actually work on Excel files. Microsoft Word, PowerPoint documents without having to access my laptop. 
So that becomes really interesting where I can actually leave my PC uh, back in the office and travel with nothing but my Fold 4. So I think we're starting to see a lot more folks subscribe to that. So those are probably the two things top of mind that I think are really trending now. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I love where you went with um, one of the things that's interesting about small businesses. I think the focus on security and zero trust is really important to them because they might not have thought as much about it as a larger enterprise would. And for those that might not have known the acronyms, uh, enterprise mobile management and mobile device management, so EMM and MDM, uh, have been software that organizations have been using to manage their fleet of devices. And there's been quite a bit of activity in evolving what those services were. Uh, Zero trust is is interesting because I think there's another aspect of it. If it's done well, it actually helps with usability because as you were mentioning, VPNs aren't the most usable device. And when you think about the smartphone landscape, you definitely, if someone's using a mobile device, they're expecting to have a seamless, frictionless, high quality experience. So all of those make sense. So with the backdrop of things such as zero trust and foldability being one of the, or two of the trends that we see really making a big difference in enterprises right now, are you seeing that enterprises are becoming more sophisticated about their use of mobility and uh, has anything changed that they've focused on delivering a hybrid workplace experience in many cases? You know, certainly hybrid work is becoming, you know, the standard for, for most companies these days. Um, and mobile devices are, are quickly becoming the business standard, uh, both, you know, and I would actually say probably both business and mission critical, you know, whether you're the retail space or the Department of Defense. And our customers are looking at mobile devices in new ways to keep employees productive from anywhere, but but more importantly, actually retain customers. I think uh, the access and utilization of mobile devices is becoming a benefit or a perk in a lot of areas. Um, connected experience across devices uh, is becoming something much more important. Hybrid workers need to work from a variety of different locations, whether it's home, through the commute, office, desk, conference rooms, customer site, and we can't afford to lose that productivity time every time they go change locations and try to log back in. You want that seamless connectivity. So companies are, are, are really beginning to use mobile technology to um, create that employee seamless experience in the move between uh, locations. So they can pick right up where they left off as soon as they left one seat and landing in another. I think improving employee satisfaction, uh, we've recently surveyed uh, and actually pull from a lot of our analysts to small businesses. And 57%, almost 60% of employees said that uh, the use of smartphones are absolutely essential to their jobs these days, which wasn't the case several years ago. And I think, again, pandemic actually changed the way we're using uh, mobile endpoints. Uh, and a lot of companies, especially those that are savvy, they're reevaluating how they look at the, the mobile endpoints as an integral part, as an equation for the employee experience. You know, whether you're deploying smartphones to the employees or ensuring that they have actually secure access to the appropriate business capabilities, the business applications that are actually optimized for the mobile experience. So you have the right size form factors that you can utilize within the device. Um, so I think that that's really becoming much more interesting. And uh, as we look at how it's changing um, how we actually engage customers and the customer experience. 
uh, within the financial community, financial sector, financial financial service firms uh, who consults with a lot of their uh, their uh, their clients are using mobile technology to move outside the brick and mortar banks. You know, going to your customer, going to your client, and we're seeing a lot of that in in the the financial advisor space, where they they use multiple devices, laptop, monitor, to access charts, uh, research information, business models, and we're seeing a lot of that. You know, go from a three to one, two to one, down to a single device, um, putting the tablet or the mobile phone, you know, at the tip of the spear to make it easier for for not only the banker or the financial advisor, the wealth advisor to actually meet with their client to see the same information. And that actually comes in handy, especially as we're adapting applications to sign documents, authenticate documents. And then that also comes along with the strengthening the security. So we just talked about zero trust, but making sure that we've got a confident, secure endpoint uh, really helps intensify that, that use of that application and minimizes any of the risk, or at least starts to decrease the, the, the risk uh, the risk load is going on to those devices. So I think the zero trust approach, the mobile device management, as you said, the central console, all this comes to play to really gives uh, a different seamless customer experience and, a, and a really a, a newfound energy around the mobile endpoint. In the category of there's nothing your mobile phone can't do, right? right. We're very excited about that. Something that you mentioned led me to another question, and that's that where we've moved to is that now mobile technologies can deliver value to multiple roles within an organization. It's not, you know, I, I remember way back in the day, it was just executives that had them, but now they really can impact any role. And we're starting to see first-line workers, what some people call first-line workers or front-line workers, also embracing mobility. Is that something that you're seeing happen in the organizations that you're speaking with? Again, absolutely. I think you're right. I think, you know, a lot of the corporate liable devices, a lot of the mobile devices were inherently categorized as, as office or, or executive level assets. Bigger transformation taking place with frontline or field-based workers and their adaptation and use of mobile technologies uh, for these types of roles, these employees that are they are quickly transitioning to uh, much more agile mobile workflows, and the number of workers dependent on the devices is only going to increase. First responders, uh, such as police, EMT, are a really good example. We're seeing strong interest uh, through a variety of. Uh, police departments across the country that are actually using the mobile computing power in first responder and vehicles. For example, many, many of the larger police departments are using our Samsung desktop experience, Samsung DeX, D-E-X, to transform a smartphone, a mobile phone carried by a, an officer into a single, very efficient in-vehicle computer, uh, allowing that individual to switch from a laptop experience in the car in the vehicle to a mobile computing device as they leave the vehicle and either in pursuit of a situation or, you know, even just as, as a minor as a traffic stop where they can actually use that device to actually support uh, that particular, you know, situation they're in. Uh, this is actually helping departments save a ton of money, time, and it's improving the officer's safety and efficiency. So officers can use that you know, Samsung Galaxy smartphone to record interviews, traffic incidences, uh, access criminal records, all from a single device. And uh, they can track those incidences on the go. And you're know, using the S-Pen, as I mentioned earlier, you know, they can actually have you know, a citation signed 
and print it out right there in the vehicle and hand it to uh, the individuals on the other end. And the other thing with our decks and vehicle, um, it's actually decreasing uh, the need for extensive computers or those ruggedized laptops that many of the departments have been using for many, many years. We've actually cut the, the cost by almost 75% you know, by, by using our De- Samsung DeX, DeX experience and reducing the amount of cabling and cradle point, everything that's needed in there, because it's all contained in that single endpoint. And they can actually just pull it off the mount and then take it with them to do whatever work they do. Or at the end of the day, plug it into uh, a desktop uh, mount in the office or in the department and finish out their day. So it's giving them a whole new experience on how they actually do their work. Thinking broadly um, in the retail space, one of the best industries to directly see how the mobile technology is impacting those first-line workers. 93% of the retailers are actually seeing an increase in their in-store use of consumer mobile devices over the next three to four years, uh, whether it's mobile point of sale or scanning, and there's everything in between. And things, use cases we haven't even thought of yet that I think will get uh, entered into and integrated into this. Uh, we've seen a rise in what we call the connected associate. Um, a really a capability that empowers the associates, the retail associates, by putting everything they need in the palm of their hands with a, with a mobile device. Uh, Walmart, one of our biggest um, consumers, have deployed enterprise-grade, rugged mobile devices to their associates for work and home. Uh, I mentioned earlier that this is one of the benefits of retaining uh, quality employees, but we're, they're giving them devices to do the job at work, and then and rather than just leave them and the, leave them at work, they take them home and use them as a personal devices. So these are loaded with all the apps that help them work efficiently and effect. And this approach is not only improving the operational efficiency and the cost, but also the employee and as the the, the associates uh, engage with the customers, the overall customer experience because the questions or the information that they need to access is right there at their fingertips. So it actually decreases the amount of time. Uh, and information that they can move around. So the connected associate and law enforcement are probably two areas we're seeing a huge uh, advancement in the use of mobile devices, either as barcode scanners, you know, end-to-end walkie-talkies or mobile point of sales. I love both of those because it has an experience angle, but also being able to do things that they might not have been able to do before more easily, more cost-effectively. So both of those are great examples. And 5G is really hot with a lot of companies that we're talking to. Uh, it's often linked to the concept of just having more bandwidth, like all the other Gs that came before it. When you speak with organizations, are you actually seeing any new use cases come up uh, as a result of 5G? Yeah, it's uh, it's been a hot topic for probably the last four or five years. Um, and it's, you know, it's continuing to gain traction in specific industries, not all, uh, for a variety of reasons. I've been, had the opportunity to speak uh, about 5G on, on a couple of occasions lately. And, and really, I focus on the manufacturing industry because that's where we're seeing a lot more lift and impact. And it's really around improvements in manufacturing, the process, the workflows, and sustainability. Uh, I think that's really critical as we think about what we have to do to produce product. Uh, Within the sector, the manufacturing sector, defects, errors, maintenance issues, um, poor coordination, inefficient operations on the floor, all contribute to either reduced or poor productivity. And as a result, 
because of the extended workflow time, can drive up a lot of emissions and use of power. If I look at 5G in action, uh, we've got examples of various pilot programs where we've we've kind of helped drive the smart factory kind of mantra, equipping you know the factories with commercial 5G networks to improve the flexibility and the productivity, the use of video analytics, uh, machine vision enabled real-time production monitoring, 5G-powered AR, augmented reality solutions, uh, provide a lot of the on-site workers kind of enhanced information about you know, the assets that they're working with, the equipment that they're using, uh, with integrated access to remote experts you know, that may not be on-site with them, but who are at, at, a, at a moment's call to help them address some of the more complex issues that they're contending with. So with individual factories and across a lot of different districts, 5G-powered uh, guided vehicles are also becoming much more interesting. Uh, position tags can ensure that, you know, the position tags using 5G draw can ensure that assets, products, parts, and or finished products are where they are, they're supposed to be and where they need to be. So you, again, decrease time and trying to locate and access those particular elements. Earlier uh, this year, maybe even a year and a half ago, CTIA uh, the Cellular T- Telecommunications Industry Association and uh, Accenture uh, predicted, and I'm using this report quite a bit, that in the U.S., United States, uh, the use cases on 5G networks are expected to enable the abatement of over 330 million metric tons of carbon dioxide equivalents. You know, that's a very dramatic estate statement when you think about you know, how much that really is. That's that's the same effect of taking almost 70, 70 million cars off the road in one year or eliminating the annual emissions of about 80 coal-producing power plants. So that's a significant carbon footprint reduction that we're looking at, and the use of 5G is actually anchoring and enabling that. Um, I think nearly 70% of the abatement will come from some of the biggest emitters today, manufacturing being one of probably a handful of key industries that will really start to kind of see the effects enabling and empowering a 5G space. So it's exciting time with 5G right now. We'll continue to see the benefits. I love those. And you mentioned mentioned AR, VR, and I guess everybody's talking about the metaverse and the possibility that might do things on the enterprise, like improve collaboration. But what's your take on this? I mean, certainly it's it's fun to talk about, right? It's it's fun to discuss. Uh, The tech has potential to dramatically change uh, the way we, we work, we live, we play. And we're only able to scratch the surface right now. Uh, we've, been, we've been kind of banging on this door for a number of years. And the true potential, I think, for these technologies is still out in front of us. And we're, I think we're still in the very early ages and stages of development. We're all watching. I'm certainly watching how industry will, will be able to solve. I think there's two big challenges relative to the metaverse and the use of VR, AR, and the first is is having a pipe big enough for just the, the the significant amount of data required to power through these technologies to reach the endpoint, and that can be consumed on a regular basis. And then also securing that data, you know, making sure that the data is that moving back and forth is is secure and hasn't been compromised to destroy a network. And I think probably the biggest one is is powering the metaverse. You know, one of Samsung's partners, Intel, you know, uh, shared a while ago that to have that truly persistent and immersive computing experience at the scale we are looking for and to be accessible by, you think about it, the billions of people 
in real time will require even more, probably a thousand times increase in computational efficiencies from today's today's state of the art. So today, you know, we've got a lot of capability, but it's going to take a lot more to really to really find um, and capitalize on the capabilities of what the metaverse has to offer going forward. I think compartmentalized, it, it does some really cool stuff, but on a larger scale, we've got work to do. So the challenges are out there, but I think it's going to be an exciting time to figure out how we can actually move from a cabled metaverse into a really remote mobile space to really accentuate the use of an AR VR world. I'm totally with you on that. I think we have so much opportunity ahead of us on this and we're just scratching the surface. So we've probably come to that time in the podcast where I ask you if there is a book, a podcast, an activity that you'd like to recommend to the audience. It doesn't have to be tech related, but just what would you recommend and why? Well, that's a tough question. There's a lot of good stuff out there right now. Um, I'll give you a book. I've only just started recently reading this. I'm only a few chapters in, but it's really captivated me. And it's the the CEO Excellence. I don't know if any of the other podcast members have, have brought this up, but it was no. It's, it's written by a group of McKinsey senior partners, and it's unique. And, and for me, it's timely. Um, it draws on about 25, 30 years of research of interviews, but it focuses on six responsibilities that are core to the CEO role. And I think it could be applied to any, any leader. It doesn't matter what level you are. And it talks about direction setting and aligning the organization and mobilizing leaders and followers and, and connecting with stakeholders and, and managing your personal effectiveness. And I think the number one mindset that I've taken in the first few chapters and the responsibilities of a leader is direction setting but being bold and being decisive. And it's an interesting book because it, it pulls in interviews and feedback from you know folks that we see on TV, the Jamie Diamonds of the world from JP Morgan and, and Satya Nadella from Microsoft and Reed Hastings and Mary Barra from GM. So I'm really, I'm really starting to get into the book, but uh, yeah, that's the one I'm, I'm kind of focused on right now, but I highly recommend it. That's great. As a small business owner, I think I'm going to pick that up right away because we always need uh, new advice on how to push the ball forward. Chris, thank you so much for your time and your attention and your great insight on what's happening with mobility. And we look forward to seeing what you and Samsung deliver next. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please visit reimaginehybridwork.com to subscribe to the show and the newsletter. Until next time, wishing you all of the best in everything in life and in technology. Music